I'll bring it back to the top. This is Put It On Record, the DJ podcast about DJing, hosted by DJs. I am DJ Byrne. As always, Don't Fret and Ratio is deep into their lives, so they busy. Uh, but, it's you know, um, you never know when they're going to pop in. So right now it's a solo venture for me. If it's your first time listening to this podcast, we appreciate it. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a review, um, share with a friend, whether it's a DJ or somebody that's just curious about DJing. Uh, we talk about a lot of deep shit on here that you would probably never get anywhere else, or you wouldn't even know unless a DJ told you about it. So that's what we're here for. Um, last episode was great. Um, so that was the first episode of season two. Make sure y'all check out season one. Um, and this one is going to be a lot, this season is going to be a lot more guest heavy just because uh, I like to have these conversations and I got a long to-do list and this is somebody that's been on that list for a while. We finally getting around <laughs> to it. Um, welcome Trav Dave. Yo, my guy, what's popping? How are you? No, no, staying busy. Um, this podcast, we normally ask two questions right at the beginning. Just One question probably isn't going to be um, relative to you, uh, relevant. Um, the first question is usually how you got your uh, DJ name and what the original DJ name was. But since you just go by Trav Dave, I'm going to ask you, <laughs> did you ever, like, while you were younger, create another DJ name for yourself? I never had another DJ name. I did have multiple rap names, though. Okay, let's hear some of them. <laughs> I used to, uh, well, it used to be Trap Dave, just T-R-A-V-D-A-V with no E on the end, but people call me Trap Dab, and I, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like that, so I was like, let me throw the E on there. And another one, uh, I had my backpack was super tight. It was a uh, uh, ESP, you know, like extrasensory perception. Wow. <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> you definitely had the Echo jeans on with that. Uh, Listen, my backpack, my jazz sports strings was pulled tight. You know what I'm saying? Trav Dave works, though. You know, that's where everybody know you from. Um, yeah, man. So. Let's see. I'm going to officially call you a DJ because you're doing real gigs now. Even though if you, if you don't want to call yourself that, that's fine. I'm going to call you a DJ. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Ross called me a DJ the other day. <laughs> Who was it? Jay Ross, I was like, oh, oh shit. nah, see, nah, <laughs> fuck me. If Jay Ross said it, it's a fact. Um, DJ, former rapper, uh, I would say media personality, podcaster. Yes. Um, uh, am I missing anything? You, um, uh, writer, writer. Um, I used to do vlogs back before they was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, Amira Love. Yeah, I feel man. like. Uh, you, like many other people, um, embody the hip-hop culture as yes. far as a journalist, um, performer, rap, DJing. You know, got the pillars. And before we go any further, we do got to say, rest in peace, Combat Jack. You know, because it wasn't for That's him, we would be sitting here. My guy, right there. You see him. Uh, Combat Jack and Juan Epp is the first podcast that I ever listened to uh, that was non-sports. Before that, I was listening to ESPN. Yes, yeah. but those are the first two um and you know they, they they just blazed the way for everybody that's doing this now for better or for worse so absolutely absolutely um, so the second question uh that we always start with is i'm sure you have one of these for sure most embarrassing moment as a dj 
Yeah. <laughs> Every time I go out now, like <laughs> nah, um most embarrassing moment as a DJ. I mean my first gigs was just like everything was embarrassing just because the equipment that I had and I didn't understand, like I knew 12s, right? right? And I knew controllers, but in my mind, like controller is a controller is a controller. Right. No. Absolutely and, not. Yeah. And, you know, trying to learn how to blend without any technique, just, all right, I'm going to just try to bring in this record on beat. And it never worked. And then, you know, it's always funny because people be like, this is when you tell people don't really know music and we can get into the snobbish shit later. But, um, you know, when people are like, yo, that was dope. And in my mind, I'm like, yo, that's no, horrible. What you was listening to. Yeah. So, um, most embarrassing moment was like DJing a house party for some friends and sitting down and on a couch, like a, like a love seat with the, like a, a, a table in my little controller trying to spin music for like eight hours of people over there looking at me like, nah, that ain't it. Wow. <laughs> you know, but I think it's subjectively, I like, I wasn't mad or anything, but right. it was definitely, I, I, you know, you play a record and you look over at somebody and they shake their head like, mm -mm. Not this one. <laughs> you gotta um I've mastered the art of peripheral vision. So I'll be looking down the whole time, but looking at the whole crowd because I'm like, I don't know if they fuck with this or not. Only only look up if I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you gotta be able to peek out your eye like, yeah, this ain't the one. Let me switch this up real quick. Yeah, and then uh, and then that night, I remember this dude came up to me, and you know, I ain't gonna say his name. Uh, you seen him around the city or whatever. He was like, "Man, you ain't play no Drake the whole night." And I was like, "Damn, that's all I had to do was play Drake." So, damn. <laughs> we gonna talk about that too, you know, as far as uh, playing what needs to be played versus what you want to play. But right. let's start all the way from the beginning. Right. Where exactly are you from? I am from. The east end of Nork, Ohio, 740. I am from Eastern Avenue and I rep every day. <laughs> Nork. Nork, yeah, good old Nork, Ohio, man. Yep, born, I uh, was born there. Um, you know, that's that's the roots, that's like everything, you know what I'm saying? As much as I, as long as I've been in Columbus, man, I never. You know, we never had nobody from Newark really make it out per se, and not even saying I made it out, but you know, it's always like, damn, if I ever did get a chance to make it anywhere, like I want to be like, yo, yeah, I'm from Newark, yeah, I'm from Columbus, yeah. but I'm from Newark. You know what I'm saying? I feel like wasn't like a semi-famous football player that came out of there. Um, somebody, somebody went to OSU and then maybe went to the league, maybe. Uh yeah, dude named Mike Collins. Uh yeah, we went to high school together. Um, you know, he was a cool dude. Yeah, he played for the Buckeyes. Um, and then he ended up playing a couple years in the league, but you know, yeah. <laughs> ain't no black people. <laughs> <laughs> My only experience with Nurk is uh I used to go to Denison. Mm -hmm. So you keep going east a little bit. You yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so growing up and you know, going through grade school, or whatever sure there's heavy hip-hop influence like what was you listening to um what what was the music that shaped you in your teenage years all right so to paint the picture and it's funny because i'm talking like a podcaster to a podcaster um <clears throat> my i got two older brothers and an older sister so i was the baby in the house um 
music was everything to us um, growing up. Um, you know, I'm old, so growing up in the 80s, music was everything to us. So <clears throat> pre-hip-hop, like rock was everything. Like my oldest brother played drums, and he was a he was a big Pink Pink Floyd fan, ACDC fan, and my sister loved anything eighties pop music. You know, what I'm saying from the Madonnas to you know, and then my my brother Marcus, he was the one that was the hip hop head. So growing up, it was a bunch of music in the house. Um, it was about. The first song that I really fell in love with as far as like hip hop goes was uh Rolling with Kid and Play. Hola, hola, hey. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Kid and Play, I mean, corny, yes, but they have yes. some, I mean, I mean, those are Jam. cultural staples. You know what I mean? House party. I mean, just. All right. Culture. Like, yeah, so like. That was my very first like song, hip hop song that I remember. Like I, you know, I remember um, a big mouth, a big mouth, and you know, Run DMC and all that. Like, but Kid and Play, like I, I don't know. I just felt like I was closer to their age. Maybe yeah. I wasn't, but I just felt like, oh shit, like it's some young cats that's doing hip hop. So that's like, you know, my first hip hop like moment. But music has always been prevalent in my house. Um, at what age did you start writing rhymes? I feel like anybody that's really in love with hip hop always tried to do it like early. So, um, it was more so like writing, writing lyrics to songs that were already out. Like Uh I definitely remember getting in trouble for writing, uh, the lyrics to, um, the, the MC8 song on the Minister Society soundtrack. Um, straight up menace yep. like i had wrote all the lyrics out of my dad had found it and was like what the fuck? <laughs> what is <laughs> what are you doing you know what i'm saying yeah um but believe it or not the first time like i'm like i'm gonna write a rap and memorize it was like in 99 okay like i, I was late like i didn't rap through high school like you know i always wanted to but you know it was like i, I don't know nobody went no studio and the around 98, 99 is when I was like, that's when I met Dion and we, you know, we can get into that whole story, but that's what really is like, oh, y- y'all, y'all local, y'all can rap. I could definitely do. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, so, 99. Yep. Um, being from uh, the town that you're from and, you know, this is before internet streaming and all that. Um, would you say the music you're exposed to is, um, you know, very uh, East Coast heavy or exploring other regions? And the reason I ask because you you also went to the military, correct? I was also in the military. Um, so let me backtrack a little bit. When I was in Newark, when I lived in Newark, I had a friend named Brett, uh, Brett Magwood. He, um, he lived in Columbus, but his family was in Newark. Okay. So when we... When we were kids, he used to take Dakota from Columbus to Newark. And yeah. every time he came down to Newark, he would bring the Source magazine. Ah, okay. Right? So that was, like, my thing. Like, he would get off the bus. He would go to his aunt's house. You know, that's when everybody called the house phone. Like, yo, I'm in town for the weekend. Bet. Right. Let's all link over to Brett's house, his aunt's house. And he'd be like, here, 
give me the source because he knew I would read it from front to back. I mean, every ad. Um, so that was like, that was a super huge influence on me. Also, with my older brother, uh, with my older brothers, we had a cousin named Bruce. He played basketball for VCU. Okay. His favorite DJ was Red Alert. Mm. So from, you know, in the the late the late 80s, he would bring back Red Alert tapes. Now, to me, they were brand new. Right. They might have been a year old, you know, 18 months old, but he used to get them from his friends in college. He would give them to my brother, then I would steal them, and that's how I definitely became like a super East Coast, lyrical, miracle, spiritual (laughs) (laughs) type of dude because that's all, you know, that was the biggest influence. Um, You know, the NWAs mattered. Right, the iced teas matter, but right. I wasn't like heavy West Coast at all, strictly East Coast. Yeah, I, I um, uh, when I was younger, I, I listened to a lot of uh, soul R and B. So you know, they was doing that heavy Dr. Dre now. Oh so yeah, that's probably why I probably gravitated. Well, I was more in the middle. It was Snoop, but it was also Wu Tang. So it was like a good balance. But I mentioned the military because I imagine. Being around people that are more diverse from different parts of the country, you know, that that probably that added to your palate as far as music is concerned. Yeah. So um, about the time I met Dion, we met in the military. Okay. So that's when. Yeah. Me and Dion met in the military. um, And that's when I realized like his group, the third, you know, they rapped or whatever. And, um, you know, he was telling me about Rashad having a record deal and all that. but when I was in the military around that same time, you know, I'm, I'm meeting people from Arkansas. I'm meeting people from Pittsburgh. I'm meeting people from Texas. Like, and they're telling me, like, you don't listen to UGK like that? And I'm like, hell no. They're like, right. you don't listen to A-Ball and MJG? I'm like, man, that shit trash. Like, right. they can't rap, you know? And the only thing, and, like, I hated No Limit. So that whole No Limit era, like, my backpack was on, like they was trash. I thought I thought Mia X was the dopest one in yeah. No No Limit because she was lyrical, you know. But the rest, I was like, that's trash. But yeah, man, like you know, when you meet people from Arkansas and they like can rap every single word to an A Ball MJG song, and you know, you try to be like, man, this shit trash. But then you start thinking like. Man, nah, this shit hard, low right. key. Low <laughs> you know key's what I'm fit, man. <laughs> <laughs> they just say it different. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah, meeting people from the from the military definitely expand. Like, all right, there's a whole South region that I didn't really tap into. You know, especially back then in the like, like the late '90s, I was definitely like, nah, I ain't messing with it. But right. then you learn to appreciate it. But I definitely had it no limit. I don't know how y'all did it. <laughs> yeah, I um. <laughs> It was beats. It was beats by the pound for sure. Like, and when they left, you could tell. Yeah, it fell off for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and mystical, but we don't. Know that. <laughs> um, so you you see, you met Dion ninety nine. Yeah. Um, the third. Uh, what was that experience like? All right, so <clears throat> it's a it's a it's a funny story, especially if Colum- if you around the Columbus area and you know about the hip hop expo. So, um, I went to the hip hop expo with this dude named Kenny. Um, and I'm gonna tell you a story about how I had some 12s and I gave them away. So, okay. um, yeah. it all falls together. 
So I went to the hex, uh, Hip Hop Expo with this dude named Kenny. He was an older cat. He's like, man, you should go. I remember seeing this group performing, and I'm like, everybody had on dog tags, right? But Rashad's dog tag was a little bit different. You know, it was a little bit heavier, and it had some diamonds in it. So I was really confused. Like, all right, why is this dog tag different? Anyway, they was performing, and one of the dudes stage dived. Um, his name is Black Blacksmith. And, but at the time, I didn't know him. And in my mind, I'm thinking, like, if this nigga would have stage dived on me, I would have beat his ass. Like, <laughs> like, he's bugging out. So fast forward a couple months later, you know what I'm saying? Me and Dion, uh, you know, we finally meet in the military. And I'm like, oh, that was y'all performing um, at the Hip Hop Expo. And he's like, yeah, you know, we uh, you know, we rap. And my, my dude got a record deal. And I'm like, nigga, all right, yeah, everybody. All right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> And I'm like, so play me some songs. And I remember he had like a, he had like a uh, Altima, and he played me some songs. And you know how local rap sounded, right? Like, right. Niggas would pay fifty dollars to get like a local beat in a local studio, and it sounds like terrible. Right. I heard these songs, and I was like, ain't no way in the world these dudes from Columbus, ain't no way, like it can't can't be right. So he he played me like three songs, and that's when I decided I was like. These dudes can rap. I'm gonna rap. And Shy was in New York at the time, and I told Dion like, when he gets back from New York, I'm gonna have raps ready. And Dion's like, all right. Shy came back from New York. He brought him to the crib. I had like 17 raps, like, wow. <laughs> like just rapidy rap, 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 man. And you know, eventually they taught me how to write songs and stuff like that. But I was like one of them 50 bar dudes, yep. memorize every line, like. Every line was a punchline. <laughs> right. So, uh, this story about the twelves, which I've heard, which I'm sure you're going to explain. Oh, First, how like so? I mean, you're trying to rap. Uh, where'd you get a hold of these twelve hundred? So the dude Kenny that I went to the hip hip hop expo with, him and his wife was getting a divorce. So she was like, "You got to get all your all your records and your equipment out of my house." So he like, I don't want to put it in storage, bro. Can I put it in your mom's basement? And I'm like, yeah, like shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Like, right. So he come down to my mom's basement, set up the 12, set up everything, bro. Like a real studio, like uh-huh. everything. And um, back then you can only record the tape. I didn't know how to record the CD yet. So, right. so you know, everybody in the neighborhood used to come through and we would play around on the 12s, but. I didn't I didn't know no DJs at the time. I didn't know O Sharp. I didn't know nobody. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, man, I ain't never gonna have a DJ, man. When YouTube, like, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. It was like, I ain't never gonna learn. But it's a bunch of instrumentals. Like I can write to all these right. <laughs> all these beats. So I was like, man, fuck this, fuck this DJ shit up. I'm, I'm gonna be a rapper. I'm gonna write to all these beats. So I used to go record shopping just to buy white labels, just right. so I can have instrumentals. And we would come back and we figured out how to record on tape. So, like, one takes, because you could, I mean, it wasn't no edit or nothing. So, right, right. You know, we figured out, like, all right, we got two mics. You go say the chorus at this point, And we would just practice songs in the basement. One take, like, damn, we messed up, started from the beginning. And we right. used to do that all the time, man. And then, um, you know, eventually when I'm ever shot and them, I'm like, I want to be a team player, man. Like, you need a you you need a turntable. I got one. 
like here, like this is my contributor. You know, Wait, so uh, Bro never came back for his equipment. He never came back for his equipment at all. That's so, what I said. It was. Yeah, <laughs> yep. and I, I gave. I remember I gave a turntable to Rashad, and I don't even know what happened to the other turntable. It, it could still be in my mom's basement right now. But like, basically, I just gave that shit away and never looked back because I'm like. I can't pay for studio time, but this is my, you know, tribute to the crew. Right. He still used that shit. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, you know at the time what mixer you was using? I have no clue, bro. That's probably it was, like a Gemini. It's probably yeah, it's probably like a Gemini, but like I just didn't know what I had on my hands, and you know, and I always, you know, God's timing is God's timing. You know what I'm saying? So I'd be like, dang man, if I would have started in '99. You know, I could be 23 right. years in. Now yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> you know. Right, yeah. right. And, you know, like you said, God's time, everything happens when it's supposed to. Yeah. But instead, you started rapping. And how far did that take you? So, so, all right. So, I say I started rapping in like 99. By 2000, the end of 2000, Jay Rawls, if you know who Jay Rawls is in the city, um, you know, he had a record label called Buka. So he did a album. He did a album called "The Coming Home," basically, and he put like all these groups from around Ohio and some people from Pittsburgh on the album. And we had did a song called "On Ra um, Rule Lab." If you know him, you know I rap Rule Lab like it's Compton or something, but it's just you know a little dead end street. Um, <clears throat> but we had did a song called "On Ra." Me, my dude Wallace, and my dude Dame D. And Ross loved that song, right? <clears throat> so he put it on the album. So then we like took pictures and I was on the album cover. And there was like little local commercials and like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm seeing myself in the commercial because they showing the album cover. So wow. I think I'm out of here. Like, right. you know, it's, you over. Can't tell. it's over. It's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? On top of that. Rashad was starting to get a deal again. You know what I'm saying? He was starting to negotiate with um with Kuda Love. And if you if you know if you know who Kuda Love is, um, you know who Nelly is. So basically Kuda was Nelly's manager. Okay. He signed he signed he signed Nelly too for real. And you know what I'm saying? He signed Postal Boy and a couple other niggas and like, you know, but that was that's who Shad was signed to. So in my mind, I'm like, shit, we doing this backpack shit with Ross, Shaw signed to the same record label. Nelly, are we out of here? Right. <laughs> like, we make the best songs. We got a real producer. We got, like, you know what I'm saying? And that was, like, 2001. So I'm thinking, like, shit, two years in the game, the record deal should be coming, right? And I remember, like, you know, a couple months go by, we ain't record, then we record a banger. Then I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. The the moment, the moment that I really thought we were out of here, I was at Shah's house and he played me um what is known now as my favorite drug by Styles Pete. Mm-hmm. And he produced that record. So, you know, he played that one. And I'm like, and if you know that one got the crystal water sample. Um, the the gypsy woman, you know, what I'm saying that Ti end up using eventually. So why you want to go and do that, mm-hmm. love, huh? And um, you know, I thought that was our record, bro. Like I'm down there, like jumping through the roof, like, oh, this is the one. We're out of here, radio. Oh, we're out of here. He was like, Nah, nigga, I'm selling this. One. <laughs> <laughs> I'm selling this one. And then you know, eventually, just time goes on, man. 
And uh, to be honest, um, I had gotten into some trouble. And the trouble I got into, like, broke up the crew, basically. Broke up, like, Rule Ave as 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 it was before. Mm. And, um, you know, that kind of ended the kind of ended the rap dream, man. But, um, you know, I I always promised myself, like, I'll give it a good solid 10 years, man, because I didn't want to be in my 30s, you know, trying to, you know, at that time it was different. You know, now right. you got the ability to record at home and you do that. But I didn't want to be in my 30s chasing niggas down with CDs and, like, right. buy my CD. You know, so I gave myself 10 years. And I had a, I had a dope experience with it, you know, and um, I was respected. And that's all I really cared about. You know, obviously you want the money, but the respect was cool. Like people thought, like as long as people thought I was nice, then you know I had to settle for it. But right. I was like, ah, <laughs> when when writing raps start to feel like a job, then it's like, ah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when exactly did you stop rapping? So the last song I put out was like maybe like 2010. Um, me, that's when, like, the beginning of the early stages of Twitter, when you still had, like, Z, Z share links and stuff like that. Yep, yep. And me and my boy, Freddie Mac, uh, he lived in uh, the DMV area. And a dude from the Bronx, we uh, we all we did a song together, man. And it sounded like Cap when I say it now, man. But we was really, like, the first MCs, like, rapidly rap niggas on Twitter to really get, like, over a 1,000 downloads. Nice. And, and you know, back then it was still like everybody's still trying to figure the Twitter thing out, right? Know? Right. And so, um, that was probably it, man. We did it, and we like we got a good reaction, but you know, it was just it just got like, ah, shit, I gotta go to work today. I ain't, I'm tired. Right. I gotta, I gotta go to sleep. I ain't got time to be sitting up three in the morning trying to write punchlines. Right. <laughs> um, in real life, just set in like, ah, that's cool. As it normally does. Yeah. Um, backtracking a little bit, you said uh, the trouble you got in broke up the situation. Yes. When when exactly was that? Like what what was the time frame? So around around two thousand five, like I got in trouble. The date was like November November two thousand five. Um, you know, I. It's funny, you know, I never really. I didn't never want people to think I was bragging about it or, you know, carrying it as a stripe, as a tough guy. It was a scary situation. Um, but basically, I went to jail for attempted murder on felonious assault. You know what I'm saying? And the shit, shit was real. Like, it was real life. Like, somebody really got hurt. You know, we were all what I consider family at a time. You know what I'm saying? Just the whole neighborhood. And it really divided the whole neighborhood. And, um, you know, some... It's some shit that, like, I regret it because I thought we were friends. I don't regret protecting myself because I'm never going to let, you know, right. I ain't never going to let something just happen to me and be like, oh, you know. But, um, yeah, uh, when I went to jail, like, kind of broke up everything and, you know, people was choosing sides and, you know, it was kind of fucked up because my mom still lived on the block. They mom still lived on the block. So it was like we would see each other. You know what I'm saying? And it'd be like, you know, how 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 how's it gonna go? Like nigga, right, right. two weeks ago, we was just having the time of our lives together. You know, now we see each other, we got odds, and you know, it, it carried like that for a minute, you know, until you, you know, you realize you gotta let some shit go and you can't be you know old man beefing with anybody. But 
you know, at that time it was real, it was a real situation. You know, I would be out in the, I would be out and about, you know, as I always say, I'm, I've been outside, you right. know what I'm saying? But, and I would see, I would see dudes and you'd be like, I don't know how the night gonna go, you I know what I'm saying? <laughs> it could be cool or, you know, cause what, like I was, I've never, never been a tough guy, but you know, and you just always gonna protect yourself in any situation, you know what I'm saying? So that situation was definitely unfortunate, but so um the guy I was in a group with, his name is Dane D, um, Damian Davis, like, you know, that was it was just me and him, you know what I'm saying? We was the rappers and everybody else was the entourage or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But the dude that ended up getting hurt was his best friend. Mm. So it was like, do I stay with my you know, rapping partner, or do I roll with my best friend? Right. You know what I'm saying? And he chose his best friend, which, you know, I, I'm not mad at, and I right. never judged him. And, you know, I still, I still, still got love for all them dudes, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, he made a choice, and it was just like, all right. And it's back to the rapping, like, Dane was the gifted one. I was the hip hop dude, but Dane was the gifted one. Dane was the, Everything was natural for him, from writing songs to rapping to being, he just had it. Whatever it is, he had it. Um, I think once we parted ways, the direction kind of changed because it's like Shad and Dame had such chemistry, but Dame would only be there because of me. Right. Now that I'm not around, you know, Shad is looking at me like, yeah, you dope, but you're not Dame. <laughs> right. You know what right. I'm saying? And I wasn't like at all, you know. Like that wasn't my focus. My focus was to be dope. Dame right. and would be creatives. I'm like, ah, I'm writing the illest lyrical miracle spiritual bars. And you know, right. Dame and would come up with the concepts and the hook and make the songs work as they would have. You know what I'm saying? And once that happened, it was like, you can rap, but yeah. So right. and and even with uh Rashad and Dion, you know. From my, my from my perspective, I never knew how they felt because we never had that conversation. But it was like either I tried to rap and try to force it, or I just decided to be friends and right. let let it be what it be. And I I, I love them dudes, and you know, what I'm saying so, I was like, I just rather be y'all friends. Like, you know, I have to be music. Like, right. our friendship don't have to be based on me getting into the studio. Like, right. I just rather be your friend. So that's how that ended up playing out. So, so it's the second episode in a row. Where legal trouble derailed some things, so where stay out of trouble. Stay uh, out of trouble, man. It's not worth it. Last episode, uh, I don't want to spoil it for the listeners. Go back and listen to it, but when we done recording. I'll, I'll tell you what happened. You bet. Um, you'll be like, okay. um, but it's okay. So, 2010, you stopped rapping. Yeah. Um, at what point did you get the uh, the itch to uh, pick up DJing? So. <laughs> Again, you know, like, I, we were always joking about me saying I'm outside or whatever. So around that same time, when I, after I got, like, before I got in trouble, um, you know, I was hanging, I started hanging out with DJ O'Shark and um, uh, King Seven, Rich Nice, like, the whole usual suspect crew, rest in peace of King Seven, um, the whole usual suspect crew, you know, I started hanging around them. And that was fun, like, being in the club, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really did the carrying the crates thing. This is like before Serato. And I always used to see the attention that they used to get in the club, right? So naturally, 
what what was super dope was um at least for me anyway like rich oh don't drink or smoke like they don't do that at all so obviously the well back then the djs used to have bar tabs right i used to drink on their tab right and then they would be so focused like even the chicks would come up and try to you know so you got to have your mans there to be like right. request the block so I used to I used to call it catching their rebounds because they block everything. Like 100%, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I used, used to be Trek. Shout out to Trek. He used to do it all the time. Like I'll be like, ask him, don't ask me. <laughs> yeah. So I used to catch their rebounds. So, you know, you know, after a while, just being around DJs, you get you get curious, like, damn, can I do that? Or, you know, the feeling of breaking breaking records, which you know, me and you've talked about plenty of times, the feeling of breaking records and like, damn, like all right, we in the crib, we in the crib on a Thursday, we find a hot new record. We like, oh, this is going crazy. We played on a Saturday to get a light response. We played that next Saturday, everybody know it, but we made sure everybody know that we played it first. You know what I'm saying? So just watching them and being around them, man, it's like, damn, man. But then I was always scared because it was like, they were so good at the time and I was still the little homie, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just kick it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, this is gonna this is gonna sound funny. And Ross definitely don't remember this, but I, I remember having a conversation with Ross, and he was just like, Man, it's too many DJs, man, and they ain't good. <laughs> and I didn't want to be whack. So I was like, I ain't gonna DJ, man. Cause right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to be considered, you know, what he was talking about, knowing. Knowing what I know now, I'd have just been like, nigga, I'll do whatever I want to do. Like, but I was so I was so influenced by them, like, nah, I don't want to be whack. Like, so I ain't even gonna start. Right. But um, you know, like I always, always hung around DJs, man. As you know, um, I, I say it to you in your face, I say it behind your back, I say it to anybody, like when Burn is DJing, I'm gonna come and stand by Burn because he's dope. And I know he's going to play some shit for me and him. It might be early. It might be late. But he's going to look at me. He's going to play a record that I know is going to be like, <laughs> yep. And then he's going to get back to y'all because we know y'all need y'all. But he's going to play some shit strictly for us. And, you know, every time I see you, DJ, bro, like I'm going to come right to the booth and I'm going to post up for at least half hour, 45 minutes just because yeah. I want to see you get busy. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's how I always been with DJs, like you know, from Boog to Dami to Crate to you know, all around the city, man. You catch me in a spot, I'm gonna go stand by the DJ because one, I love the music. Two, I want to see you get busy. And three, I'm trying to steal from you. So, um, I want to take a quick break in the middle of this interview to say that our niggas don't break records no more, and mm. I broke Tia Corinne, Freaky T in Columbus. But That's nobody playing Fendi. that shit before me. That is a Fendi. And now That's when you play it, everybody, on, listen, who did that? I did that. But anyways, um, so. Real quick, I'm always going to champion Burn. I know people, you know, may feel some type of way. Listen, this is my guy, and I'm always going to champion him, and I think he's dope, and it ain't. Because we on camera, I send him a message off camera to just strictly to him, not the group chat. I tell him I think Burn is dope personally, and 
If you feel different, you know what I'm saying? Battle the nigga. That's all I got to say. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I seen what he did. <laughs> what, what, we, what we say, uh, what you say about uh, got party of the year five years in a row? Bro, listen. <laughs> what they get? You know see the plaque? I've seen the plaque. in the culture, you know what I mean? So nah, that's my um, stance on it, man. I think you're dope, bro. So I'm and I appreciate that. And... um. I was listening to a Davies interview. I'm, I don't, you know, not less about Davies and the fact that uh, somebody I was interviewing him said that uh, definitely less about Davies. <laughs> he said toxic humility is a thing, and so mm. you know you can be so humbled as like you know I'm just, and I used to, I want to say for the past four years people be like oh you dope I'm like you know I'm just I'm trying you know I'm just get that clock in like y'all. But no more of that in 2023. Ah. Fuck that. Like, ah. like, I'm about to, you know, like, there's a balance. You know, I don't want to be a dickhead about it. But also, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, take less than yeah. what I deserve. But this you ain't, ain't got to dim your light. Nah, yeah, I ain't. Dim my light. But you ain't got, you ain't got to dim your light. And, you know, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn to get there as far as, like, saying I'm a DJ. Hey. You know. I mean, well, I, like, I, I don't know about anything else. You did a set at Orange Soda and people enjoyed it. And not yes, just the people that knew you, like people that was there, like <laughs> okay, he, whoever this is, he doing his thing, and that's when you know you really made it because your you, people gonna lie to you, unfortunately. You know yes, what I mean? they are. They're gonna Absolutely. lie to you. They're gonna say you're dope, and, and, and you even know, like we were just talking about that earlier, like that transition was not dope. You're lying to me, but that's okay. <laughs> when it would be a stranger, a stranger walk in, they probably won't say nothing to you, but like they they in a seat doing this, like. Even that, like they, they might not get up and dance, but if they're dancing in their seat and somehow yeah. you don't know, that's all the validation you need for real. Yeah. So we still haven't got to where you actually decided to pursue DJ. When exactly did that happen? So um fast forwarding, you know, I um I had a corporate job. Obviously the pandemic hit. We all know that story. You know, um I blame the universe. Um with the with the death of my guy Kobe Bryant, which you can probably see, you know, after after Kobe died, Mama. the whole world went went to shit. But um, I ended up getting laid off around my birthday, which is so crazy. So my birthday's in March. Ended up getting laid off like two days before my birthday. <clears throat> so um, it was like, damn, what am I going to do with this time? Because you know. I'm gonna keep it a buck, and uh, you know most niggas don't. But that unemployment lick was hitting. <laughs> I was uh, I, I, ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie. Like I was working for a company that fortunately didn't lay anybody off, and, and they lost millions keeping everybody employed. But that he was making way more on unemployment. I'm like, man, I want to sit at the crib too. <laughs> I was I was I was living it up. So and we couldn't go outside, so it was like shit every week. I was just stacking. But anyway, um. <clears throat> So DJ Reese two O, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, like, what what should I do? Like, man, you know, we was already doing we was already doing podcasts and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And <clears throat> we didn't even have that conversation yet, but we was already doing podcasts. Yeah. And um, I'm like, damn, what else can I do, man? We just, you know, I'm just sitting around the crib and uh somebody might have mentioned like DJ, and I'm like, Yep, this is my time right now. I got yep. all this time to learn. And but I was like, you know, everybody, I think when we meet, you know, people, you know, I want to DJ, the first thing they say is like, 
get some 12s. And I start doing the math, like, that's a lot of money. So DJ Reese was like, you can get that, um, the go-to touch. Um, he's like, it's this, you know, small joint pause. Like, and he was like, man, you can get that. And he's like, it's only like a hundred dollars. I'm like, bet. Yep. So I got that, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just sitting down I'll figure it out Serato and I figured out, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, Oh, this is fun. Like, I love it. Like I'm doing this every morning when I wake up, like, Practice and practice and practice. to go back into what you were saying, just get twelves is not a solution because not only do you need twelves, you need twelves, mixer, needles, slip mat, records, serato. Yeah. Yeah, so, all that. So you got so that wasn't happening. You got you got the baby controller to practice on. You got the baby. Yeah. And that's when I started doing like the little house parties, and that's when you know I realized like uh you know, and that was cool. Just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I actually had some couple gigs off that. <laughs> but it's more like being like a radio. Like, you like, you ain't mixing shit. You ain't blending nothing. Like, you just playing song to song. You know what I'm saying? But um, I realized, like, you know, people start telling me, like, uh, if you want to take this serious, you know, you got to get rid of that little motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, um, what made me get the the next control I got, which was the DDJ, uh, was it DJ DDJ three, um, SP three, yeah, yeah, it was, it was the small joint. Um, I think. Do you have one or I, know I actually use that ones. to this day. I, I bought that specifically for our bar because it fit behind a booth and it was yeah. easy to carry the stairs. And I use it now on Marvin. Whenever I got somewhere, it's like a little small gig. Definitely use yeah. that. And it's only, it was only it was only two fifty. That's why. So um, you know what, what we talking about uh, podcast, and we can get into that too. Um, <clears throat> we uh, you know when the verses became a thing, um, we was like, ah, we gonna do our version of verses. And I remember it was at our bar. Shout out the rest in peace, our bar. I miss that spot. Um, you know, we was gonna do a verses, and it was gonna be like Little Wayne versus Cam. Don't ask me; I had nothing to do with it. Um, so I'm like, man, like, I want to DJ it, but I don't want to be in there with this little controller. So, right. you know, like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go buy this joint. And it was like $300. And I was so geek. Like, all right, boom. Like, I don't made a little money with this little controller. You know what I'm saying? Like, now nah, this is the real deal. So in my mind, it's the real deal. Like, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? So I got that. And I and um after we did that versus, like, like man i'm about to learn this thing this is real good this is real good you know and i'm and i was getting better and i was doing i was doing gigs every now and then but like my blends was still trash like to be honest like my blends was super trash like every now and then you know i'd get like two three songs in a row and i would be like yes but over an hour nigga you'd be like who is this dude dj i'm off the set but he playing my joint right now because he know how to play music he just don't know how to mix music so you know, after after a while, shit, like a year, really, like a year and some change with that, it was like, all right, you know, more people starting to realize you talking about it more. People start like they want to hear you now. You know what right. I'm saying? And it's like you you gonna keep going outside with that little with that little controller. And um, shout out to DJ D Boogie, man. I love DJ D Boogie. Like. He would be like, yo, like, I know you just starting out. 
I'll pay you this. Just come out with me. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, I'm going to just, and I would bring my little controller and he would have his rain and my, you know, my little controller next to the rain. And sometimes like the power wasn't enough and I'm going to keep it a buck. Like I knew the power wasn't enough, but I heard you and Marlon, (laughs) you and Marlon, this little controllers, like if you ain't got no XLR on the back, don't be bringing that little shit around here. <laughs> now, I definitely felt like it was a shot towards we, me. Yeah, and, and that was actually said on this podcast. But let me clarify <laughs> that, like I said, I use a controller that has RCA outputs. I just got the adapters. I was talking specifically about the first controller you had, the, little, the one that's like no bigger than an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Don't try to DJ on that bullshit. There's people out there that do that. Yes. I, I'm like, you can't be getting paid in more than bar tab with that little that, that controller was ninety nine dollars. I know it. Yes. That's for like if you're trying to get your cue points together, you're on an airplane or something, or you're on a bus or a train somewhere, you're trying to get your shit together. That's not a performance. That it has a eighth inch aux jack output. That's not even like what the fuck? Like I mean, but you know, it's, it's like terrible. people it's I've seen people uh mix on uh tape decks, so you know yeah. tweet his own. So like I like I didn't take that personal though, you know, but I thought I thought it was funny, but I, I knew y'all wasn't lying. You know, one thing about me is like, all right, niggas got jokes, but some niggas is telling the truth in the jokes, some niggas is just hating the jokes, you know. Um, but y'all was telling the truth. And um, you know, shout out to my best friend Raina. She was like, uh, she's like, bro, you gotta step it up. If you really wanna do this, like you, you know, like people wanna hear you, like you gotta step it up, like. I don't want to hear no excuses. So we had went to Guitar Center. We had went, um, like I said, we went on a Wednesday, and they had one rain left. Mm. And I was like, ah, man, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we worked out the terms, and I was like, I don't know. And I didn't get it that day. And we walked out of there, and she looked at me like, oh, you just want, you really don't want to do this. Like, you know, like, because you would go get it. So the next day, I went right back to Guitar Center, Worked everything out. Was like, <laughs> give me that rain one. <laughs> like, I want to be official, bro. I want to be official. So, um, end up getting the rain one. I mean, you know, it definitely uh worked that orange soda. <laughs> and uh, that controller, talking as we get into DJ talk, yeah. is the best of both worlds. You know, it's a controller. I got the moving platters. It's not twelve inch platters, but it's seven inch. Yeah. So, pause. Yeah, it's 7. like 5. Yeah, so it, it, it's similar. Um, get the. I think it's the best of both worlds, and uh, rain makes solid equipment. Um, I think more so. Are you a pioneer guy? Um, I'm a whatever works guy. Uh, primarily pioneer, but I got the rain seventy two mixer uh, for the crib, and okay. it's really just I feel like rain, um, equipment is a little more solid. The pioneer like uh, sound card and effects sound better i remember when i bought the s9 i put it on my story immediately after that he was like why you get that one i was like i don't i just like should i got something else he's like, i was there because i think he had the rain 62 yeah um, but i mean i mean crate used to use a behringer uh four channel that, that that looked like the pioneer one but it wasn't and Dang. you know crate, if crate make this shit work it, like it works and you know, he, he he's, he's well researched uh, I do want to rewind a little bit, real quick. Um, since we, uh, talk, I feel like the rain um, for performance for scratching 
I feel like the rain is super dope. Um, I feel like it's more of a performance yeah. controller than the Pioneer. I feel like Pioneer is a is a I'm gonna do DJ gigs, yeah, performance that way. But if you're like doing tricks and you know if yeah. you're doing turntableism, I feel like the rain is better that way. Me personally, yeah. and um, you know, you know, they got the full size joints too. Um, yes. those are super heavy, and I've heard too many people. Uh, shout out to DJ Drew, uh, Corey Grand. Too many people have problems with them, so mm. like, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about any other DJ equipment. But when I bring those up, I had people I know that got them got problems with them, so I, I would never get them just based off that. Yeah. Uh, well, like I, like I said, I do want to rewind and say, uh, well, ask as you were coming up before you started DJing, you you named a lot of DJs. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Who's the best out of all in the club? In the club, so in the club. There's there's levels, right? right? Um in the club, my favorite DJ to listen to, and the reason why, and I tell him to his face and then now tell it to the world is DJ Mr. King. Oh um the reason why King is my favorite, because he's gonna play records that I don't know or I didn't listen to on a regular. Um, you know, and I see the reaction. You know, um, as we always joke in, you know, uh, other group chat is about my soft bag is limited. Like, you yeah. know, because as we talked about earlier, I was super East Coast head. Right. Um, he can play them deep down South records that go yep. crazy um, where, you know, say Rich or O's, you know, they're more East Coast like me. So I know all those records like, you know, what I'm saying. Right. Um but King is probably my favorite DJ as far as like, I know I'm going to hear some shit. I ain't never heard on some club shit. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? And I, and I love that. that um, um, From that era, my favorite DJ by far is Rich Nice. I feel oh. like he, he could do it all. He, he talk on the mic, he play the records, new shit, old shit, <laughs> reggae. You know what I mean? Like, and he, and super nice guy. And that just adds all to it. Yeah, Rich is uh, amazing. I still talk to Rich. He don't even live in Ohio no more. Um, but I still talk to Rich. And, um, you know, shameless plug for Rich. Uh, you know, he do Twitch. And he's still DJ on Twitch. Like, he got a schedule. You know what I'm saying? And now, like, I'm DJing. Like, yo, we got to get you. We got to get you right. You, gotta, okay. you know what I'm saying? Got to get you right. But, yeah, um, Rich here is amazing. I think him being from the, uh, you know, being from Queens always helped in the early stages, but he definitely is a well-rounded DJ for sure. And somebody I look up to and admire. I was just going to say, I was going to mention the Twitch thing because I've said time and time again, I can't DJ for the chat. I got to see live reaction. I got to see people. Yeah. Um, and he like, he's so present on there that I would come in, I would come in the, Twitch, say what's yeah. up. He shout me out, and based off of that, people would follow me on Twitch. I'm like, I don't think I know expectations, <laughs> but I appreciate yeah. it. So yeah, so, you play some video games, huh? <laughs> right? Like you been watching play Call of Duty? Like come on over. Like I, I, I need to take the DJ off my name on, on Twitch, but uh, yeah. I, I mean, I tried it. I just can't. Yeah, shout out to everybody that. There's so many people. Like if you go on Twitch and click music, click DJ. There's so many people on there really doing it and like getting re- crowd reaction and like and, and you know not not even like quote unquote famous djs but like people i've never heard of yeah the 100 200 300 people that are watching them and 
salute to them. Um, I did want to talk about before we get into more DJ shit. Uh, what we talking about and um yes. the beginning of that. So how did you get into podcasting? And 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 let's talk about what we talked. All right, so podcasting back in two thousand seven. Um, it was me, Rich, O, Sev, and Don Dixon. Um, we had a podcast on Podomatic. Now I don't know if you remember Podomatic. So shout out to Funkmaster Flex. I gotta say that because he was the first person we seen with a Podomatic because he used to record his uh 4th of July holiday shows, you know what I'm saying? And he would put them on Podomatic. So, you know, O did the research. Got to give O his props on that. He did the research and figure out what Podomatic was. So I think, I think, you know, in the mid 2000s, you know, DJs was still trying to get on the radio. Like that was get on the radio, blah, blah, blah. So we came up with uh, Full Blast Radio, fullblastradio.com. And uh, we recorded podcasts, you know what I'm saying? And we used to do, we treated it like a radio show. Like, all right, this is going to be a segment. Like, Trav, you're going to have your own segment. Rich, you're going to have your own segment. Seb, you know what I'm saying? And so forth. And we did that for a minute. Now, at the same time, Dez and his man um, had no bullshit radio. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, Craig, that was his name, Dez and Craig. So they had no bullshit radio. So that was going on around the same time. So after that kind of died, um, everybody started uh, doing radio shows like uh, the Pulse radio show. You know, mm-hmm. Rich started a Pulse radio show. And I think um, there's a couple other ones. But Rich always used to ask me, like, yo, you need to be on Pulse radio. You need to be on Pulse radio. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, how can I tell Burn to tune in Tuesday at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m.? Like, what if they got to go to the doctor? What if he got to go to the grocery store? Right, like, right. he ain't got time to sit at home and just listen to me talk. Right. So I kept telling Rich, like, bro, the only way I do it is if we do a podcast. Mind you, at this time, like you said, Juan Epp and Combat Jack was popping. And I'm, like, in love. Like, oh, these are, like, I found my, you know, I found my tribe. You know what I'm saying? So listening to Wine Up and Combat Jack, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, there's only way I do it if I if I can record and put it out whenever I wanted to. Because my my theory was I want people to listen to it at 1 p.m. I want pe- people to listen to it at 1 a.m. Right. So um, finally convinced Rich, like, yo, like, let's do a hip hop. Let's talk music. This is what we do, what we do today. You know what I'm saying? And we started the B-side. So, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, it's a play on records, obviously, the B-side of a record. So, you know, it was me, Rich, O, um, and Will Pounder um, in the beginning. You know, over the over the years, the B-side changed. We had, like, nigga, we had, like, the B-side. We had the R&B side. We had the sports show. We, right. like, you know, and in my mind, I'm thinking, like, a conglomerate. Like, yeah, we're going to be a business. Everybody got their own show. And to be honest, man, it was a great idea. I didn't know how to manage all those personalities. Like, I needed Phil Jackson to help me, you know what I'm saying, in time. I couldn't manage everybody's time either. And But in my mind, like, I seen the vision. Like, what podcasting is now, 
I had that vision back when we first started, 2013, 2014. You know what right. I'm saying? Um, so the B side went on as far as long as it could. You know what I'm saying? And I realized one day, like, yeah, this shit ain't gonna work no more. So um we, we like we kind of didn't even have a final episode. It was just like nobody was like like the chat died off and it was just like ah nobody's gonna record. So Des Des hit me up one day, like um He's like, bro, I really enjoyed the B-side, um, but we should just scale it down a little bit and we shouldn't have so many people. He was like, you know, recent Blaze would be dope because Blaze know how to do the editing and he's an engineer. He's not to make his lease sound good. Obviously, Reese's cousin, um, Blaze's cousin, so that would make sense. And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Right. So Des came up with the name, what we talking about, and that's when Des was at the radio station. So we was like, fuck it, we just going to go rogue. Dez worked from like five to nine on Sundays, and everybody was out of the radio station. So we would just go rogue and just go on the radio station to start recording. Like, you know what I'm saying? Start doing a whole bunch of shows. Right. Bro, they caught on to that shit so fast. Wow. Like, hey, man, y'all can't be having people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Y'all can't have people here. Because um, we was having guests. We was having drinks. And like, kinda, you know, we was wilding. Like, right, like, right. You know, like we definitely was uh, shouldn't have been doing that, but it was all love because we was just trying to record. You know what I'm saying? So after a while, after a while, it was like Blaze is like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna just buy the equipment. We can record at my house." So you know, we were recording at Blaze's house. Then we we record at Reese's job. We would record at my house. We would record at Soul Classic. You know what I'm saying? Right. We would just. Try to stay consistent. That was the main thing. We would try to uh, stay consistent with what we're talking about. And we just entered our fifth year, which is all. all, Thank you. I always think about, you know, I guess it's cliche because you want to show, but I always think about Orange Soda because Orange Soda started right before we started what we talked about. So, you know, I always kept an eye on what y'all was doing, even though it was a different lane, you know, but it always kept me motivated. Like, damn, like, they still rocking. They still going crazy. You know what I'm saying? So right. we can still do what we do. We can do it in our lane. And, you know, I, I, I'm i going to go ahead and say this. There wasn't no blueprint for podcasting, right? It wasn't like, you know, you see Joe Rogan, you see Joe Budden, all these dudes making millions of dollars now from podcasting. That wasn't the case five right. years ago. It wasn't the case eight years ago at all. Like, so, but especially in Ohio and definitely in Columbus, it wasn't the case. I feel like we influenced a lot of people to do a podcast. And right. it, it, it might have been the same reason I felt like I can rap. Like, oh, the niggas can do it. I know I can do it. Right. You know, and I think in Columbus, we definitely was was the blueprint for everybody else. Like, okay, this is. The only thing that separated us from everybody else was one we had a we had an engineer that can make our music sound very or our podcast sound very good with, with Blaze. Two is like we were consistent, right? A lot of people start a podcast just to be famous or known or whatever clout, whatever it is, but they don't stay consistent. Like, yeah, you do it for three months, but you know, you, can you record today? Ah, nah, nah, I can't even. I say that a lot. Like people, a lot, a lot, ninety nine percent of the world 
the only thing they do consistently is go to work, and that's because they have to. Like, yeah. asking people to be consistent is, yeah, that's like pulling teeth. And so you always see who's real because, to your point, since y'all started y'all podcast to now, you can probably count the dozens of podcasts that started <laughs> and ended. <laughs> dozens, dozens, you know. And, you know, we never, like, I've never been the type, all of us, all four of us, you know, so what we're talking about, I never been like, Burn, like, y'all want to start a podcast? Like, nah, this nigga want to be like this. I'll be like, yo, do it. Wait, wait till you see the work. Yeah. Wait till because we make it look easy, and we only make it look easy because we're actually friends in real life, right? You know, <laughs> like so. This shit is hard. Like doing a podcast is hard as hell. Recording every Sunday for four hours a day and not getting paid for it. You know what I'm right. saying? Like it's work, bro. Like. I know Joe, you know, Joe make it look easy now because Joe's the hot guy, Nori's the hot guy, whatever, whatever. But you got to think, them niggas came in with money already. Like, right. Joe already had, he already, <laughs> yeah, he already knew everybody. And he, it was it's it was a lot, not saying it was easy for him, but it was a lot easier to get intriguing guests. Like, you know our city. Um, I know your experience as a DJ. It's only cool when it's when your circle is winning and people include you in that. Yep. When you when it, when they stop including you in that, it's just like ah, that's just burn. Like no nigga, yeah, that's burn. He get busy, right? And that's why you know I make sure I I stay consistent. You know, besides our friendship, I stay consistent with that. Like, nah, he gets busy. Like you know, a lot of people are looking at what we talking about. It's like oh, that's just driving him. You know what I'm saying? But now you know we five years in. And we done did live shows and we done sold out live shows and we done made money doing it. Now we ain't nobody got rich, nobody can quit their jobs. <clears throat> but it's definitely been, you know, it's definitely been fun. We definitely made connections. We definitely did shows. We definitely entertained people. And, you know, I mean, look at us. We we got our own solo podcast. You know what I'm saying? Right. So um, and I do want to say somebody needs to interview Wooger. Because absolutely, oh he, my god, bro, like rest I don't in know. peace to Tamo, man. Yeah, bro, like rest I don't in peace to Tamo. He was definitely super involved with Wooger. Damn, you right. I'll be, uh, be seeing he, he be at Orange Soda, like, like just popping Do up. He? Yeah, bro, I'm like, you doing it here, like, you substantially older than me, like, but he be in absolutely. there kicking it. Um, mm. shout out to um, corporate Dalton. Um, back to DJ now, so. Let's go. As a new DJ, what would you say? What would you say the most difficult thing is for you to uh, learn? Uh, whether it's a skill or whether it's something about performing, what's the most difficult? What's the, what's the biggest obstacle? The biggest obstacle now, like at this point in time, the biggest obstacle is knowing all the music. Yeah. It's it's so hard just because like we got lives, bro. Like I work a nine to five. I got kids. Like I got life. You know what I'm saying? I don't have time to sit with records like I once did. A million songs come out every Friday, bro. Right. I it's it's hard to you know, the songs that sneak through, you know what I'm saying? We know, like, or when you catch a record that you like and you break it, but you did, you know, 
that's few and far between, man, because there's so many records, bro. Like, right. you know, the F and F record, like, oh yeah, that's an easy record to play because it ended up blowing up. But I bet you got some more gems that's just as tough. Right. We just haven't got to them yet. You know, so that's hard. Um, Also, what's hard from a technical standpoint, learning as a new DJ, learning, I'm learning how to blend and I'm, I'm getting very good at it, but blending to make it make sense. So like, in the, like, all right, say there's an eight bar count, right? Right. Say you start blending at the six bar, you low key going, you know, you go class the words sometimes, you know what yep. I'm saying? Or say there's a, there's a, say you loop a four bar intro because you're trying to get it right. Right. And then you, you, you won't beat and everything and you, you push that fader over, but the words don't start for two more bars. So it's like that two bars are just oh, instrumental, right. like. <laughs> and that, well, that's when I hit my sound effects, <laughs> right? In a couple of you know hours. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, until the to the first start and timing, bro. Timing is because you could be a split second off, and if I'm a split second off and you walk in, you that's walk in, right. you're gonna be like, uh-huh. "Yeah, oh shit, y'all." You know, I'm gonna get me a drink and I'm out of here because I'm not about to listen to this. Right. So timing is what I'm practicing now. And, and um, you know, DJ Pastu said this to me. He's like, practice, bro. You got to practice, whether you in front of two people at your crib or 200 people outside. He's like, you got to practice, bro. Like, you think just because you got the equipment and you can go outside and DJ? Like, nah, bro. He's like, you got to practice. So I'm practicing timing. Timing is real important right now. Even um, we talked about this on the last uh, episode. As a DJ now, I, I, you might agree. You listen to music differently. When new music come out, you, you can't even low key enjoy it because you're thinking like, "Where can I play this at? Yeah, or where would I cut this off at? Or all oh, this this don't really work for the club." And like you said, like um, <laughs> I always bring this up because this really annoyed when i saw it back in the day a certain dj oh, i'm sure he's not the only one would get <laughs> online on friday and be like oh what new songs y'all like like <laughs> no that's your job like you supposed to go through this music be like oh this was hot this is what y'all want to hear not like oh what y'all like on this project so i can play it like like bro like what no you the like- dj DJ D Boogie always tells me, and I ask him all the time, yo, yo, I'm going to give you my hard drive so I can get some music. I can give you no old shit. You go back and you go, you go find that shit on your own. Right. I, I give you the new shit. I don't give a fuck about that. Nigga, I built my library up over all these. I'm not giving you none of that. He said every time, bro, with a straight face. Like, and I just, I ask him every other week too. Like, yo, he'd be like, nope. Listen, because so, you know, I'm I'm from the era, uh, you know the uh, LimeWire era, Thanks. and the Dat Piff era, and the I need this mixtape, the No DJ version era. So it's like <laughs> I got a lot of these songs, and these is personal to me. Some of the ones I remember, what like like the uh, fabulous uh, There's No Competition. 
without DJ Drama. I was like, oh, I got Man. that now, so I can play these joints without him screaming over it. Yeah. Um, and it took me a long time to find this stuff, so I'm not just gonna just give it to you. Like yeah. people just ask me all the time, like where you get your music from? Google. Just like you better work it out. Like, and this is back when you can just type in and Google like Gucci Man Media Fire, and you get hella links. Like, just go yeah. go find it like I did. Um, and I imagine I mean it, it's just like record just stuff. You know, it's record is something tangible. Like I found this record, so oh, I just give it to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. The the amount of music is um, definitely overwhelming. Um, I'm gonna keep it real. You know, it's a kind of a struggle for me too as a new DJ. Um, my friends, because the type of music, and when I say my friends, I'm talking about what we talking about. Type of music is uh, that we all like. We all like different music. You know what I'm saying? So it's like sometimes I think like, damn. What if a million them are in the crowd? Like, how, what what would I play for them? Like, you know, Reese Reese likes you know Rick Ross and you know something like that. Like, damn, if if Reese walk in the room, what kind of record can I play for? Them? Right, South Bag, and I'm thinking like, damn, there's a million like Des, like where you know to us. You know, we like what we like. You know, you right. know what's the music we like. So it's just like trying to find a balance to play for the crowd, but, but still play it good because you still got to play the records good, right? Right. And so that's that's something I'm learning too, how to find find that balance of you know, like we like F and F. That's easy, but then there's some, you know, there's some deep cut Gucci records. That I'm like, bro, I hated that shit. Like, I'm, <laughs> you know uh, what I'm saying? To be honest, um, how can I say this? Uh, I, I would say maybe like 80% of the music I play in the club, I don't personally like. But yeah. I can't even say that because I like what it do in the club. So when I'm like, I get a perfect example. Real, real Boston Richie. Have you ever heard any of his songs? I don't know who that is. At yeah, all. so you don't even know who it is, but somebody signed a free band, so he got a couple songs with Future, Little Dirk, and I'm like, "Who the fuck is this?" But then I played in the <laughs> club, and I see what it do, and I got that memory. So when I played at the gym, I'm picturing me playing at the club, and it gives me energized and it gives me energy. So because of that, yeah. I fuck with him now, and now I'm like. Let me go see what else he got, because he probably got some other stuff I need to play. So I found the Future record first. I saw he had a song a, a song with Dirk, and people love Dirk. So I'm like, let me play this in the club next, see what it do. It went crazy, and so now that, that that's another song I can put in my library. So that's just how music discovery goes, for real. Some records, like, who, me? Yeah. I, through my internet or your I think I, it ain't mine it might be mine <laughs> alright let's go what about to say? Um, do you ever play a song without really knowing it though like you know what I'm saying like no. I don't like I don't know this record at all but I don't download it like do you use title for example um yeah I, I use title and um 
I think the last time me and you talked or when I was on your podcast, um, we just got to talk about that too. Um, I famously said I never use headphones. That's a, I, I now use headphones because if I get some off title, not only I'm not too familiar with it and I ain't got no cue point set, I need to know when to bring it in. But if it's something okay. I've never heard, like somebody asked you for some Bad Bunny, I'm like, I need to listen to this a little bit to see where I'm about to play it. And then I'll go ahead and play it. But very rarely do I play songs like that I don't know. Like, I would say it's maybe once every three months so I'll, I'll play a song really? that I've never heard before. So, so the reason why I ask, like, with the title, right? Say you download like a playlist, like how the songs are in the 2022. Right. Now, there's going to be 130 songs in that playlist. Nigga, about 120 I probably never even went to. You know what I'm saying? But in my mind, I'm like, shit, if it's on the hottest, somebody like it. And I've definitely been in, like, say, like an HQ or something early. And I'm like, I'm going to play this record and see. Long as <laughs> and you tell me if this is good or bad, but I'm like, long as the beat drop on the one, like, I'm going to play it. But, like, if it's, like, like instruments and I can't find the one, like, right off rip, I'll probably be like, ah, no, I'll find a, I'll so, another one. Here's what I would do in that scenario. Uh, let's say title, playlist, whatever. 130 songs in it, right? I'm going to first look at the songs I know. Okay, I know these. Second, I'm going to look at the songs I don't know, but I might know the artist. My artist yeah. might be checking out. And then uh, the rest of them, like, I don't know the art. Like, the prime example is the viral hits playlist. Because that's all the stuff yes. that's hot on TikTok. <laughs> and, I, and I have that for... Younger crowds and high school kids. Yeah. But what I'll do is before I go DJ anywhere, I'll sit down and at least skim the playlist, like ten seconds each song, and be like, "Is this hot? It's got a hot beat. This is terrible. No, I'm not playing this. It's not even rap. I'm not playing that." So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm doing that beforehand the same way, like on Fridays or you know, or excuse me, Tuesdays when the album used to come out or it would leak. Yeah. I. Put, play all, put all the mp3s in the playlist and go through them real quick like all right i would probably play this maybe this the rest of this nah and put that i'll put that in a separate crate so I, you definitely want to screen the songs beforehand i would never just go in somewhere blind and be like unless it's a gig where, like where i'm where i'm just slamming records i'm not mixing like a um i got an 80s pop folder for like 50 50 year old gigs yeah, yeah. With white people and I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just play whatever, like, because they don't care about mixing or nothing. They want to, they, they want to hear the hits. So, okay. And I learned um, recently, and I'm sure we, we talk about it, but I learned recently a lot of people don't care about mixing. Like, they just want to hear a record. They just want to. They. And that's like, I literally had a nigga tell me like, I'd rather DJ just slam a record than mix it. Like, I don't want to hear this song with no other beat. Like, just drop it. Like, and I was like. You know, you know, and I'm like, damn, dude, a lot of people think like that. And I think I think in Columbus, a lot of people do think like that. man. I think, you know, we could talk about the culture of Columbus. I think a lot of people like music, but they don't love music and they don't and they don't understand it to like technically. They just like the way it makes them feel like. I heard I heard three songs I like tonight. Like I was lit. Like man, I took you on a journey, bro. Like nigga, this shit was fire. Like you know, 
I'm saying, but as long as they heard they F O E E fuck nigga, you know, they good. Like Right. It um trash ass internet too. Yeah, the internet is fucking this whole interview up. <laughs> and that's sad because we were just started about to talk about Columbus culture. I don't know why. Right in. <laughs> keep saying like your internet. They keep popping up on your screen, not mine. Now that's you because it's not popping up on mine at all. You know what? Like, I know shit locked and loaded. All right. I think it's all right. Maybe. <laughs> all right. Well, um, two last two last things I want to touch on actually. Okay. Um, pause. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um. Is <laughs> talk about needle to the groove. All right. Bet. So, um, needle to the groove was started, um, because I needed something else beside what we talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, what we talking about is like I love it to death. Is is definitely my foundation. It's just a lot of. Uh, you know, just a lot of the daily topics, you know, the weekly topics, I don't really give a fuck about. You know what I'm saying? It, it's fun talking it with my niggas, but, like, I, I, I don't really give a fuck about Tori and Megan, like, situation. You know, I don't, you know, whatever, whatever the case be. <laughs> you know, I don't really, like. I engage because I'm part of a team and I and I want to make it I want to make it dope. But right. you know, me personally, like I rather talk music, like you know, like I normally would with anything else. So Needle to the Groove was started with that. Um, I was jaded. I'm jaded by not making it as a rapper, <laughs> as silly as that sounds. So um, I didn't want to talk to rappers. Like, uh, you know, I, I still kind of don't want to talk to rappers. And I know that's kind of like might be eliminating, you know, uh, a fan base or something. But that's just the way I feel like. I want to talk to DJs. I want to talk to producers. Now, if you if you're a creative and you happen to rap, that's fine. Like, right. You know, as long as you're just like, I just rap like, nah, like, you know, I'd rather talk to behind the scenes people like you know i'd rather sit down with you and bi about orange soda you know what i'm saying and we're not talking about dj culture we're just talking about how how do how to have a party right do people i'd rather have those type of conversations so needle to the groove gives me the freedom to do that um you know but you know with my interest growing in dj and i'm like Shit, I'm gonna talk to all the DJ friends and and just try to pick their brain and try to learn more. You know what I'm saying? See what see what I can take from from our conversations and apply it to you know a skill that I'm trying to learn. And uh, you know that was the plan with Needle to the Groove. Um, 
when I first started it, you know, I, I didn't even have a name. You know, it was just me and Otis having a conversation and recorded it. And then a couple of days later, I just thought of a name, like Needle to the Groove. And I was trying to think where, where I heard it from. And, you know, it comes from a, a Stevie Wonder song. You know what I'm saying? And um, um, I was like, man, fuck it. I just want to talk to all my DJ friends. One, because I feel like we don't have nobody spotlighting the DJ. Is parties, right? But nobody's sitting down having these conversations, like, and for DJ, one, it ain't no party, like, right? You want to hire nigga for 50 bucks that's gonna be trash, you know what I'm saying? And, um, so I'm like, shit, I want to sit down and talk to all my DJ friends for years. I've been getting in the clubs free off them, I've been drinking off their tabs for free, right? You know, this is this is me, <laughs> this is me paying it forward, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, right. That, that was the basis with Needle to the Groove. Also, um, you know, it's a fake Quest Love Supreme. You know, Quest Love is like one of those, one of my muses that I look at, you know, like Combat Jack. And um, I love when he talked to the DJs on the show, you know, every right. time he had a DJ. So I'm like, man, I want to do that. So I had to, you know, I had all the equipment from what we're talking about, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to set up, Blaze got to set up. And I'm like, shit, I'm going to just start inviting people over and having the conversations, you know what I'm saying, and record it. And that's, you know, that was basically the birth of it. And, you know, it's been fun, man. It's been fun. It's interesting. <laughs> the controversial. You want to. <laughs> How so, Melvin? <laughs> with you, but. You know, it's uh, it's been a, it's just been fun, man. Like I love it to death. You know, I wish I got paid to do this shit, but whatever. Um, having conversations about music is what you know. We all have been put on this earth to do something. You know what I'm saying? Having conversation about music is what I believe I've been on earth to do. Um, now, God, if you want to bless me with some money, who? But, you know, that's, yeah, that's what I've been, that's my gift is to talk music and to learn music. And, you know, as much as I'm a snob about hip hop, you know, there's a whole, there's other genres of music I have no clue about. And I'm, I'm an open book, teach me, you know, and that, that's, that's what I love to do, man. So Needle to the Groove is just. It was born out of wanting to have conversations with my music friends about music, and it'd be strictly about that and be technical. So, right. thank you for being a guest on there. Um, you did you did your video right, and like you're you're dope with it, like you know with the IG with the TikTok and stuff like that. And you know I'm definitely uh, stealing pages out of your book, um, but the reel that you did for me, like it always pops up like. This real guy's over three thousand views. I'm like, damn, this is dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I ain't even, I don't even know how to do a real, but <laughs> I'm, I'm hot like fish grease out here. It's only getting hotter. Snow, nah. But um, yeah. I will say though, as a DJ, uh, when it comes to content, I'm still another people's content, repurposing. So, you know, yeah, nah. Um, you know, we 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 had our talk. You know, um. Funny, uh, recently somebody, uh, you interviewed a DJ and he was like, this is the best DJ podcast in the game. And it, it was sent to me, um, you know, on some antagonizing shit, you know, but 
not knowing that me and you previously the day before had the conversation about me being on here. Right. And, you know, like, and I, I didn't even, I just laughed. Like, how, you know, this is funny. I don't even know. But um, <clears throat> I'm not mad that uh, DJ started a DJ podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, how can I be mad at that? Like, that's, that's silly to me. You know what I'm saying? Especially, especially me and you, like for for you know people that might peep this or whatever. Like me and Burn and Trek and Soup talk literally every day, every every day, it, it, every day, like every single day. Now it might not be a full blown day conversation, right. but we talk literally seven days a week, like <laughs> you know. So, and this is what we do. We right. we talk this music shit. And I, I'll go on record and say, well, I don't know about soup, so maybe maybe three of us, but me, Bernard Trek can go against anybody talking to this music. That's a fact. OGs, however y'all want to look at it. Young boys, how y'all doing? I think between the three of us, soup sometimes, uh, it stops about 2002. Well, maybe. But yeah. That's the thing. Sure. Um, I would do a game show, and th- this would be my squad, and we'll crush it. And you know why? And um, this might be a life lesson. Um, I was just telling somebody this uh, in the club: is that like I don't feel my age because I'm not at that point where I'm like that young shit not for me. Because it is like I need to know it <laughs> so I can play the music and I can do I it. Like it. Um, and and I can still reference the music I grew up on, and you know make the connection like. Like I feel like when you start being like, oh, that's young boy shit, that's when you start getting old. Kind of back it up. Um, but now, now I ain't gonna lie, like I have literally no NBA young boy in my Serratos. Like I got I, a couple. I, I I probably don't play them. I you know, but I do got like a drill section. Like I got the Chicago drill. You know, um, funny I got some New York get sturdy. And my, cause my my seven year old likes to get sturdy, you know what I'm saying? So I got a uh, NBA young boy right foot creep because it's a TikTok dance. Let's dance all the NFL players now. So you got to have it. That's, that's NBA young boy. Right yeah. Foot creep. Right foot creep. Walking away the heat. That's NBA young that? boy. Oh shit! I had no clue. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that record. <laughs> I, I only know that because of a. Uh, some family event I was doing, and somebody asked for it. I was like, "Oh shit, well, let me look it up real quick." And it was a clean version, so I played it. <laughs> that was the one of the times I played a song I've never heard before. And I was well, like, "It's a clean shit. version. I'm gonna let it run." Um, That's funny as hell. The last subject. Uh, I feel like you're the perfect person to talk to about this. Is about the DJ culture in Columbus, and let me explain what I mean. Um, yes. you, you mentioned. DJ t- uh, bar tab, um, I feel like that don't happen no more. Really, no, it don't. Um, I go to DC or Cleveland or other places. They got equipment in the spot. Uh, that don't happen. You got to bring your own shit usually. Absolutely. Um, and this motherfucking rain is heavy. Let me tell yes. you that. And this coffin is heavy as fuck. And I didn't know beforehand. Somebody right. lied to me. Now, and I understand why you bring the other controller out yeah, to Marvin's yes. now because yeah. Um, 
it used to be one opener and then the main DJ and the opener usually used to be the little homie who's trying to you know figure it out. Yep. Um DJs the equipment for you. Make yeah, sure everything's uh, out good. DJs usually used to learn from other DJs. Now they now they uh they OGs is the promoters. So I just want to know. And then I go to other cities like Cincinnati and Cleveland. DJ culture completely different. Uh, the pay is completely different. And you know they're talking about pay and bar tab and all that. I'm like, what? I've I've never been treated like this. So. What do you think changed over the years as far as the DJ culture in Columbus? You know what I'm going to say? And, um, you know, uh, this could mess up future gigs for me, which that's fine. Um, the promoters want it to be the stars, bro. The, the promoters want to be stars, bro. They don't want to be promoters. They want to be stars. They want to be the man. Um, they want to be that guy, you know. I'm him, him Chala. They, that's what they want. They want to be, and so, like you said, they're gonna put. You know what I'm saying? They little homie on. You know what I'm saying? Instead of really hiring the talent, um, because they little homie just gonna be they little homie, uh, but they ain't gotta compete for you know being him for that night. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um. Promoters don't, you know, I, being a promoter and then wanting to be a, be be known and all that stuff is different. Like, yeah, people might know you for promoter, but you want to be the man. And I think promoters don't hire the best DJ for the gigs because they feel like hmm, he might take some of my shine away or... He might know a chick I know, and I don't want to bring him in here. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that that definitely can be that could be the case, man. But I, I promoters don't don't do their job anymore like that. Also, you know, and and people could look at me and say the same thing. Like the ability to DJ is so easy today. Yep. You know the 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 access to equipment is so easy today. Um, you get your little title subscription for $11 a month, you know, you buy your equipment and you are good to go, bro. You don't have to go buy vinyl every week. You don't, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then third is like people, man, you know, we could complain about the, the, the party People don't party no more, bro. It's all cell phones. Not really dance. They everybody is too cool for having fun. Like the first orange soda. I, I, again, I know it's cliche because here, but the first orange soda. Over years ago, bro. People were. Like I, I seen it with my own eyes. I, I seen you turn a club house party vibe, bro. Not like a basement party vibe. Like, you know, like with that crowd, like, you know, and I gotta give it up to um the redo. Those people still dance a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But 
most parties, man, everything is like, I'm there, nigga. I'm there, I'm there to get these fits off. That's all niggas care about, bro. You know, it's I'm simple. there to get these fits off. That's it. That's all. I'm not I'm not dancing. I'm here to get this fits off, bro. So what's uh what's similar to both of those parties? Neither one of those parties have bottle service. Bottle service is fucked up the club to where it's like people just come in sections, bro. Yeah, people could just come to stand in the section and be on be on IG. Yeah, bro. Like, you know, sometimes I wish like I <laughs> sometimes I wish the club had like something in the club that make your phone like not work. <laughs> you know, like some wire <laughs> or your phone won't work or right. it'd be like real janky, like you can't get no service basically. Right. And you have to interact and you have to party. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's a good idea. I'm exporting. Like it, it you got to get back to, like, Columbus, man. Y'all got to get back to partying, bro. Like, what's crazy is, like, a nigga gets so fly for a Saturday night, and then we see you at Taco Tuesday, and you look like well, you, you're back to being regular. Like, bro, like, be yourself and just come to have fun, dog. Like, That's the- like come to have fun. Like, that, one thing about Orange Soda is that y'all always promote it. Come as you are, bro. Like, yep. You know, I seen niggas in there with sweats on. Like, nigga, I come to the party tonight. Like, I don't, you know, yeah. Every nigga like to be a fly a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But that's not like I'm not here to play the wall. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even if you can't dance, bro, you see some chicks on the dance floor, bro. Like, you better be right. Go interact. Yeah, go interact. You know what I'm saying? And I think Columbus is just at a point where everybody is too cool. Only time they want to feel like the man is when them bottles is getting, you know, sparklers and shit, bro. Like that shit is weird to me. But you know, I didn't grow up in that culture. You know what I'm saying? It's lame, but you know that that's what the promoters promoters want to sell them sections, bro. Yeah, I mean, from a business aspect, like it makes I get perfect it. sense. Business, business, business is business. I get it. We talking about partying, right? You know what I'm saying? And the partying um, aspect is dead, man. One other thing about and culture. I could definitely say this. Um, my bad, but um thirty five and up crowd really don't have no place to party. That's true. I don't feel like there's I I don't feel like there is a establishment that caters to the thirty five and up crowd that really party in that where nigga, I'm not wearing Bluetooth and blazers and shorts and blazers. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm just not. Like, fuck out of here. I'm not putting a feather in a fucking fedora and wearing that shit, bro. Like, I'm not doing it. Like, like that's yeah. not gonna stop nobody from getting shot anyway. Like, just because what it may I'm say. I'm not doing that. Just... <laughs> I'm the reason they made the dress yeah, yeah, code. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they when I'm in my fresh clothes, just as I suppose from my neck to my toes. Yeah. Um. I, 35 and up, man, we need a place to party. And, you know, niggas ain't going to be doing a warm, worm on the dance floor and all that, man. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, we we still got, you know what I'm saying? I still got a little three-step and a twist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to wear the hot bottoms, man. You know, I, I like my Air Maxes. You know what I'm saying? I still buy Jordans every now and then. I feel like the uh, urban crowd in Columbus is very um, splintered. And they don't like each other. Uh, when it comes to age, class, education level, it's all like 
elitism amongst everybody. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, Every day I realize like how judgy Columbus is. Like, damn, y'all, y'all are some judgy motherfuckers, bro. Like, right. You know, but um, that's another topic. I don't say it was the last thing about Columbus culture. Um, this might be a longer conversation for another day, but <laughs> what something you said remind me of it is that. Okay, see. All right, boom. I'm gonna give you a, a prime example. Um, let's say, uh, Rory and Mall come to town, right? They got a live show. What oh. they've been doing in the cities uh, that they got shows in, they've been picking local podcasts to open up for them as like a good look. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, there's only one answer as to who should be doing that. And that's y'all. Like, there's no, Thank there's no second yeah. place. There's no second <laughs> place. It might. Right. Be. I, I can't even think of somebody that would be appropriate. Me um, <laughs> But like, let's say the promoters that's putting it on, the they homies got a podcast, so they let them do it. Like these these homies that don't have no passion about podcasting, they just yeah, doing it for the moment to be cool. And you about to give them this incredible look that they like. You, you handing them the ball, they ain't going to the end zone with it. They about to get a first down and then go sit on the bench. Yeah, and I can't tell you how many times that happens with DJing. Like, there's a look you could be giving somebody that's passionate about it, but you give it to your homie instead. And these people do nothing with it. And then, you know, yes. three years from now, they're not even DJing no more. And the opportunities you could have gave me or somebody else that's actually passionate about what they do and actually wants to make a career out of this, we got to keep scrambling for the next one just because we're not connected, because we're not in your circle, because we're not Greek, because yep. we're not <laughs> we to high school with you. We ain't go to college with you. We ain't from the same block. Um, all of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um yeah. speaking of that, speaking of that, speaking to that, you know, um when I post stuff like, all right, so my I my needle to the group IG is linked to my Facebook. Right. You know, um, because obviously I'm posting DJ stuff. I posted the last interview I did with uh DJ Midas, a young boy, you know what I'm saying? Right. Shout out to Mike. Some people, some old heads hit me up, bro. Like, it was a whole, like, list. Like, I didn't even know. I ended up getting tagged in it. Like, I've seen a lot of names on flyers. I don't even know. Oh, I, I meant to talk to you about DJs this. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't even know who these DJs is. And then, you know, Prime, shout out to OG Prime. He tagged me. Like, well, shit, you need to go listen to Trash Podcast because he interviewed the young N.O., you know, and it was just like, you know, and then another dude hit me up. Who is these niggas? I'm like, <laughs> like, come outside and see who these people are, bro. Like, the fact that you 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 questioning me about like who I got on my podcast and who are these niggas, nigga. We're saying the same thing about you. Like, who are you, nigga? Like, bro, come outside, man. Like, like, nigga, nobody's gonna. You know, nobody's about to go knock on your door and pick you up. Like, come ride with me. Nigga, I'm about to DJ. Like, nah, bro, come outside. Like, right. But that post, like, you know what I'm saying? I was just bugging out. Like, damn, nigga. Like, I'm seeing a lot of names on podcasts, on these flyers and shit. I don't know nobody. Like, nigga, 
You know, what's, well, I see what it is. <laughs> like, what's crazy about that is that you got the flyer in your hand, and then the conversation after that was like, oh, we need to have some kind of uh, seminar or get together. Nah, just yeah. go to his event. If his name yes. was a flyer, pop up at his event and, you know, show him some love. Because I'm sure he would appreciate it if, if you're the OG you think you are. I'm sure yes. he would appreciate it. And Prime but, says something like, you know, what was dope. He was like, he was telling the dude, like, bro, we've been spinning for 40 years, bro. Like, there's a lot of niggas that came up since we, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's a lot of, like, it's kids that's 20 now that's DJing, bro. Like, right. you got to stop that. And, you know, and um, again, like I told you the other day, man, like, you know, shout out to OG Storm 9000. You know what I'm saying? Storm is a legend. For real, for real. If you know, you know. Um, but he definitely, he's like, I never met Bernadette in my life, but I listened to the podcast. He's like, I agree with everything he said on that podcast, bro. And, you know, this is a conversation I'm having with somebody that mixed for Dr. Dre. Right. Like, no cap. Like, like at, real legend. Like, no mixed for Beyonce. Like, you know, a dude that lives in Columbus, yes, that worked with Beyonce, that worked with Dr. Dre. And he's telling me, like, he's like, I don't know, Bern, but he's like, um, you know, I listen to the show, man. He's like, a lot of people send me the link or whatever. He's like, man, I agree with everything he was saying in there, man. He's like, he ain't say nothing wrong in there. He's like, get out, you live, bro. Like he was, he was so adamant. We never had a conversation before. Like I knew he was, it was always love and respect. But he's like, he's like, say, like, yo, tell him keep doing this thing. I was like, I, I tell him, and you just happened to text me that night, and then you know, and we set this up. But yeah. Yeah, shout out to him. Um, didn't he used to work with Ella? He's yeah. So yeah, I definitely saw him at Brownstone. He was DJing. He the only DJ I knew that was using Wave files. He was like, man, fuck them MP3s. They ain't the right sound. Wave got the full sound, and it makes sense because he an engineer. I definitely met him before. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it it was real quick. I'm sure you don't remember. And like I said, it was Brownstone. So that was what 2009. But I I never forget that because I'm like, who the fuck uses Wave files? You about to have your computer. (laughs) A WAV file, for those that don't know, MP3s are revolutionary technology because they compress the file to like a six megabyte file. A WAV file for a song is like fifty megabytes. Like crazy, yeah. I'm like, 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 ain't nobody even paying attention to songs like that. But yeah, he was real adamant about that. So shout out to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say, I think that's all I really wanted to cover. Oh no, got a couple of rapid fire questions for you. Let's go. Um. Give me a national DJ right now that you look up to. One. National DJ that I look up to, um, I would say Questlove. Yep. Um, give me one that's from our area. I'm not going to say local because that's disrespectful. Somebody that's from the area. Um, from our area, a, that I look up to would definitely be Definitely be, and this is going to be obscure, is DJ Dane. And not because of, like, the club shit. Um, the reason why I to practice with Dane, he's he's taking the time to practice with me. Dane is he, he just is not vocal. <laughs> you know, and it, and it kills me, like, because if I had his skills, bro, I would talk so much, like, there's nothing but... You know, um, I tell him all the time, like, bro, I love you, but you got to play the game. You know, you got you got to play the game. You got to you got to get in the game and you got to compete. 
Um, but he's one person I look to. And I got I got I definitely gotta say part B with that will be DJ D Boogie, because he gives me more opportunity than anybody. Um that's a jewel that you just dropped. I don't wanna gloss over it. Um this is the and me and you had this conversation. This is the yeah. DJ business. So you business. can be nice and you can be creative, but if you want to be in the business, you gotta play the game. I was so game, I was so hard headed about that. Like, why can't people just book me because I'm good? That's not what it's about. Nope. <laughs> like, gotta play the game, man. It's a, gotta, it, play, gotta play the game. Yeah. If you're gonna rap, you gotta you gotta play the game. If you're gonna do anything where you are the solo artist and it's not a team, you gotta play the game and you gotta build the team. But you're got you gotta be like everything you do. You do your artwork. You do your own videos. You do your own thing. You do a podcast. You DJ. You're playing the game, bro. Yes. Like you know what I'm saying. Full right, fledged. Like you you all the way in. This <laughs> right here is marketing. This is just uh, brand recognition and one more outlet. So yeah. for those of y'all listening, I'm not doing this podcast because I'm passionate about podcasts. I'm doing it so you can hear me in one more media medium that you didn't hear me in before. So like you said you said national, local, um what's your try to make this answer as condensed as possible. What's your goal with DJ? Like like um, two, what would you say goals. you do something and you'd be like, Oh, I'm satisfied. Two goals. Um the first goal is uh, I think should be, be everybody's goal when they start something is to be nice, right? I want to be nice. Like I, I want to, I want to be dope. Um, the second goal, the second goal would be, it's a two part. So, and again, and like I told you, I told you when you let me open up orange soda, I would like to be like near the like you know the DJs after at the night. That'll be dope, but I would like to be second to the closer, you know, sort of as as the premier party in Columbus. You know, um, I don't spend vinyl, so you do don't count. You know what I'm saying? Um, but um, I would like to spend also the summer at um, what's the joint called? I can't think of it. The outside joint that always doing the whole, whole um, shit. I can't think of it either. Yeah, I can't think of the name right but now. But this one at Land Grant, right? Yeah, Land Grant. Yeah, yeah I would love. I don't know what's called. Love, but love, yeah, 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 I would love to do Land Grant. You know, yeah, or just getting getting music off eighties music, nineties music, hip hop, rock. You know, pop bag. I would love to do that, and and. That that would be satisfying, um, but yeah, those are the two things, man. But right now, I'm just focused on getting nice. I want to learn how to scratch too. Like I'm, I practice every day, and I suck. I ain't gonna lie. Me, you both. <laughs> I suck. I practice every day. I, I I say this often. I have no problem with saying it. There is a lot of DJs that are a lot better than me technically. Um and scratching is why. Um and you can tell like Dame, like IQ, you can tell who really sat down and practiced that shit. Like yeah, yeah. Till it's like, you know, like and you know, 
no disrespect to Crate, um, I expect somebody that came from that era to know how to scratch, but with people like my age or younger than me <laughs> yeah. that, that, that can scratch, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm just not practicing that. That's, that's my problem. Um, watching and you know, watching what IQ did to Orange Soda, bro. <laughs> watching what he did was like, I just was in awe. Like, he, if you know IQ, he's just so cool and so laid back and so relaxed at all time. And, and just to watch him take my reign and just. I just wanted to break it afterwards. Like, I don't even want to back, bro, because this nigga just went nuts. He's like, you're not using this right. Let me show you something real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, he went crazy. The, the difference was, and this is how you know he was going crazy. All the people that were standing on stage, Mero, Tron, shout out to Tron. We didn't even talk to Tron. Um, I love Tron. When IQ got on, they looked up because they thought it was breathing. They was like, oh, she going crazy. And she was like, nah, that's him. They was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Because he was going <laughs> crazy at the beginning. They all looked yeah. up because they, they, they thought she had, like, started floating or something. <laughs> but <Yeah>. um, <laughs> there was something I was just watching. Orange soda. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for letting me open up orange soda. I was nervous as fuck. I ain't going to hold you. Um, once, I, once I got, like, two songs in, I was all right. Like... Now you but, uh, you know, you earned that based off of you being passionate about being a student of what you're trying yes. to do. Because yes. plenty of people ask, and a lot of people get that get that curve. They get that red messages <laughs> under the <laughs> eye message. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I know I was going to ask you, and um, you can't say that me. was a big deal to me, bro. That was a big deal. Like, I, you know, I don't want. You know, I know you being humble about it, but that was a big deal to me only because I know niggas that want to do orange soda and it's been mentioned like, damn, you know, I, I think that'd be dope. And the fact that I like leapfrog niggas, I'm like... <laughs> I will say, to to, to speak like, on that person specifically, um, I wouldn't disrespect them by making them open. True. And so sometimes it's like, that's another thing about orange soda that people don't understand is it's like I can't just let everybody DJ orange soda. I'm like, all right, cool, go at ten. Well, no, you're not a ten o'clock DJ, so I I need to find a ten o'clock DJ. Well, we have plenty of one o'clock, twelve o'clock DJs on <laughs> on the list. I need ones for ten, and I'm not going to disrespect you by asking you to open at ten. Which shout out to IQ. Many a times he's came in there at ten just because did his hour and dip and had no problem with it, no ego about it. But yeah. I, I know other people would have a problem with DJing for nobody. So, but I, I, last question for you. All right. Needle, needle to the groove. If if uh, if somebody listened to this podcast wanted to listen to one episode, which episode should they listen to and don't say mine? Unless that's the answer. I mean, absolutely yours. It's It was obviously the most controversial, but also it was, uh, it was very honest. Um, um, also, I would say uh, DJ Beatbangers. His was very dope just to get a perspective of a New York, a person born in New York, started DJing in New York, and then coming to Columbus and, you know, explaining the culture, the, the differences of being a New York DJ versus Columbus um, was was super interesting. 
Um, I, I would say definitely those two are like my favorites just because I learned so much. Um, you know, I've interviewed you a few times, um, but just how how honest that you that you are becoming, you know, like not saying that you was ever front, but you was very humble. Um, now that you're speaking your honesty and your truth and how you feel like you coming into your own in, in that aspect, like, yeah, all right, I'm cool with being humble. I try to be humble to get no respect. Right. And so, you know what I'm saying? Um, that that was fun. And uh, I still get questions about it. So, yeah, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, she was fired. So I'm going to put you on the spot. What was the worst interview? Um... The worst interview, I don't want to say it was the worst interview, but um, Beardo was, uh, you got to ask the right questions, you know what I'm saying? So I had to dig deeper because he's just not going to have a flowing conversation. So it wasn't the worst interview, but it was definitely like, Fuck! I gotta think on my toes because it'll be a lot of dead spot. Like you know what I'm saying? Right. Like if I just so that one. It, so it wasn't a worst. It was challenging though. Okay. Um, but his video was the best, definitely best promo video. Yes, ever. it was. That was very yeah. <laughs> um, and Beardo is uh, he is a technical genius. Yes. Also, and he was also. in a DMC. So you know what I'm saying he's like. I had to get into my technical bag. It wasn't going to be like, uh, what's your favorite color today? Like, nah, I had to break down slip mat. So like, <laughs> yeah. like, like shit like that to understand why he's so, but you know, um, I've been DMC's salute. <laughs> um, if you watch Chad Hugo interview on I-97, super awkward. awkward. Super awkward, but I mean that's who Chad is. So yeah, I, I can see. I'm not a professional at this. You you're way more experienced than me. So, uh, but just trying to like get people to talk like to talk passionately, passionately about themselves and what they do because you know they got the passion for it. It's hard to do. Yeah, with some people. Yeah, yeah, and you know Beardo was one of those. Where I just went back and studied. Like damn, like. You know, I could, uh, I didn't have to have no questions for you. You know what I mean? We, we talk all the time. We have that right. before. Um, you know, like, ah, like, we don't have a real talk regardless. So that, yeah. that was easy with him. Is like, that was on me for not doing deeper research. Like, you right. know, I did the basic, like, so do you like turntables over <laughs> control? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. then I realized, like, all right. Now I gotta go. Like, what kind of needles do you do use? Why do you like this type of needle? You know what I'm saying? What is the different needles? You know what I'm saying? Like, shit like that. Like, how do you, you know? Because he told me he's like, man, I practice blending off, um, not BPMs, but um, you know, make sure sonically it matches up. Like, this song is seven A. This song is seven A. And he's like, I blend like that. Look, people don't like I bet several people what you just said right now they have no idea that's called mixing in key yeah. and I don't even do that because it's like and the computer tell you it so yeah. I know what vinyl is like yeah like music yeah and he's like I'd rather mix in key than just BPMs and I'm like 
it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, but that's why he's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, well, that's it, man. Really, um, definitely. Bro, uh, this was fun, man. I appreciate the Let conversation. Start off 2023, man. I got my first interview. I feel like I feel like I'm somebody out here in the game. Thank you, definitely. And uh, this is the perfect time for you to plug uh, everything that you're involved in. So the floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you. Um, check out Needle to the Groove podcast, man. Um, it's on all platforms. That is my, uh, I, I don't want to be limited and say just a DJ podcast, but as of right now, it's just been DJs. Um, but um, check that out platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, all that. Also, check out what we talk about podcast. We just dropped a new episode today. I know this ain't coming out today, but um, we <laughs> dropped uh, new episodes um, every Monday. Um, shout out to my guys, Reese Blaze and Dez, man. Um, if you want to hear some wild shit, you know what I'm saying? That that is the the podcast to go listen to. Um Brent always asks me, like, you know, with the with the Joe Button comparisons, but you know, we we still get the comparisons, but um I I feel like we just as good, we just not as famous. Famous. So anyway, um, yeah, man. Um I will be DJing soon. I got a I got a gig coming up January twentieth at Adela's. Um, hey. I will be DJ. I will be DJing there, um, and more spots soon. You know, I'm still trying to get out here more. Uh, I'm not. I'm getting over the fear to fail, um, and I'm definitely humble enough to ask. Uh, you know, people like Burn for help, <laughs> and you know, and I come out some DJ. Uh, yeah, man, don't be scared me, man. Because one thing about me is I fucking know music. I know it, so don't be scared to hire me. You know what I'm saying? And um, you can always find me on Twitter, uh, Chad Dave. I really don't be on there. I just repost shit on there. But Instagram, Trav underscore Dave. You can catch me on there. You follow me on Facebook, I most likely ain't gonna follow you back because that's just family and shit. <laughs> and. Something I forgot. This is a brand new season. Something I just implemented the last episode. I definitely stole from another podcast. I have no shame in saying that. <laughs> the last question is Who do you think I should have on this podcast? And the only caveat is you got to help me get them on this podcast. Oh, that's a fire question. Um, and <laughs> if you, you say I who I think you're going to say, <laughs> <laughs> no. I just thought about it. Go ahead. Definitely DJ O Sharp. Okay. Definitely, I think you should have DJ O Sharp on here. Great conversation and a long it, conversation too. And um, you know, you guys uh, both started the premier party in Columbus. Um, you know, different age groups. Obviously, um, we always talk about the separation with the DJs. Um, I think both of y'all being at the head of y'all classes. You know, what I'm saying for what you do, for what he do. Um, I think that conversation would be important. I think um, I think it would be it would be very respectful and it would be very enlightening for for other DJs. And maybe we can break down this wall, this invisible wall of separations of culture, DJing in Columbus because it is an invisible wall. We all see it. Um, I mean, it's invisible. We can't see it literally, but you know, you you can feel it. Um, I good pause, great pause. Um, but yeah, I think that conversation would be dope, man. And I think it's time. 
Um, you know, we ain't having no fucking DJ conventions where all the DJs bring out the turntables and everybody DJ like that shit ain't that shit ain't gonna happen unless everybody getting paid. Um, you know, um, but I think uh, you know, conversation between you and O as far as uh more soda. Uh, I think that's dope, so I think that would be a dope because you know a uh, needle to the groove put it on record crossover episode gotta happen. Well, I, I have I have an idea. I, I low key want to do it live, and we got us to do it live. And um, I definitely to out of fear, I want to do it with somebody else that us. So I want to make sure like. Or not doing enough, like nah, we got to work a little bit harder. You know what I'm saying? Because I, yeah. Um, but uh, we talk about that off mic, so for sure. Well, this has been put it on record once again. Uh, if you like what you heard, like, subscribe, share it with a friend. Make sure you hit up Trav Day. Make sure you check out Needle to the Groove. We'll be talking about absolutely. Uh, you, uh, if you listen to this and you're in Columbus, you should uh, visit Adela's every day. Um, every that's day. a great spot. Um and yeah, uh we'll be back next week with another guest. I have no idea who it's gonna be. Real quick. Real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Um I wanna hear you spin outside friends. I wanna see you get into your bag bag. I wanna see you go there. I need you to do an event for you know. The cool kids be. It's not more so where your crowd is already known as you do. I want to see you somewhere else. So, like where? So let me know. Like, 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 like. Uh, I mean, uh, like I would like to see you out of Dallas, you know, and and just see, just see you get loose. Like, all right, I'm gonna play all this shit that I know that I really, you know, what I'm saying like. Right. Y'all might not be familiar, but it's cool because I can get into this bag. Y'all think I could just play, you know, the the regular trap shit or the dance shit at Orange Soda? And I seen you get, I seen you get freaky at Orange Soda. I seen you pause. I seen you, uh, I seen you play some records where you fuck niggas heads up. You know what I'm saying? But with your with your blends and with your you know with your with the stems now, and you've been putting the blends together and putting all the like. I would like to see you do that shit in person, like at Adela's, where it's like, I want to see you get into your creative bag because I know what you're going to give me, Marvin's Pause. I know what you're going to do at Orange Soda. I know you're going to the, the vibes at Marvin's. You know what I'm saying? Well, I want to see you get into your creative bag. That's I am. Um... So that's what I'm requesting as a fan. Like, I just want to see you, like, all right, I'm about to show y'all I can really get creative with these blends and and do it in public, not just you know your IG videos. Oh no, for sure. Um, I've been trying to get into Adela's. Uh, we just tried, the timing hasn't been right, but it's definitely coming up. But we're gonna wrap this episode up. <laughs> yeah, just put it on <laughs> <My> record. <bad. laughs> uh, and we out of here. Peace. Peace.